Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Good evening and welcome to Business Unusual. I am Annalisa Dubey. This evening, we are going to be talking about the Zimbabwe Investment Development Agency with the Chief Executive Officer, Mr. Douglas Manazzi, and we're going to be looking at the work that Zida has done and the benefits that come with it and some of the successes they've had up to date, as well as investment opportunities in Zimbabwe. Mr. Manazzi, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Manalisa, for having me on. Right. So let's let's start with the basics, right? What is your mandate as Zida, the Zimbabwe Investment Development Agency? Thank you again, uh, Manalisa. Um the Zimbabwe Investment and Development Agency's uh, main role is to facilitate investment by investors, both domestic and foreign, uh, to promote Zimbabwe as the preferred investment uh, destination uh, and to position ourselves as a country uh, to be one of the most investment-friendly uh, destinations and environments. So if I can just lay it out there, that is the basic, most important uh, role uh, that Zida plays. All right. So let's look at some of the work you've done since um, you were elected last year. I, I recently saw one of your tweets uh, on, on, your, on your platform, and you said that the appetite to invest in Zimbabwe by foreigners as well as locals has significantly improved. So what would you say has been some of your major successes as Zida? Well, so the work that we do in terms of investment promotion falls into three broad categories. So we handle all public-private partnerships. Any investment by an investor third party with a state uh, or state agencies or parastatals uh, or, or, or any organization which is linked to the state, we process all that. And what it means is that whether you are going to a joint venture or you, you have got, uh, we're going into a limited recourse uh, investment, let's say, uh, you know, government has agreed to concession and road or an airport or some such. We handle all those investments. We also are in charge of the designation, management and administration of special economic zones. So you know that um, before ZIDA was uh, enacted, the act was, was, was put into law, uh, there was ZIMSESA, which dealt with special economic zones. There was the joint venture unit set in the Ministry of Finance dealing with all joint ventures or all public-private uh, partnerships. Uh, and, and, and then there was ZIA, which dealt with general investments. So we have folded all those activities into one. So the third leg of, of our investment activities involves what we call general investments. So anything which is not in a special economic zone, uh, a private-public partnership, falls into this category. So you want to get involved in mining, you want to get involved in medicinal cannabis, you want to be involved in tourism, you want to be involved in agriculture, all those investments, we categorize them broadly as general investments. So if you were to ask me 
where the most activity has been, it is obviously by volume in general investments. Um, small, medium-sized, large-scale mining you know, ventures uh, in, in gold, in, um, uh, in uh, uh, chrome, in, uh, we've, we have seen exploration activities as you are aware, the Mzarabani oil and gas activity and the seismic equipment is already in the country. They're going to start drilling in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've, we've seen you know, activities across the board, but um, general activities is where most of the concentration has been. But you've seen also that there's been a lot of activity that has been um, reprocessed in the uh, PPPs uh, space. You saw the, the joint ventures in the mining sector, but in ZMDC and a number of investors resuscitating old mines and entering into new joint ventures. You've yeah. seen um, the local authorities entering into uh, you know, joint ventures. Uh, recently, this, the cabinet approved the partnership between um, uh, a private investor and the city of Bulawayo to do uh, uh, you know, to install a parking management system for the city of Bulawayo. So all these activities are all activities that uh, come through ZIDA. And uh, it demonstrates that uh, although last year we started very slowly because uh, I was appointed on the 1st of uh, April and so was my uh, advisory board, uh, but we only started getting staff on board uh, much later in the year. But still, uh, for a new institution, which is just a year old, uh, I think we've, we've, we've been very busy. Right. So who would you say has been the most interested in, in Zimbabwe in your investment work? Because obviously you want to, I know we're going to talk about a bit more about local investors, but the idea is obviously to bring uh, foreign direct investment into the country. So in your work, in your observation, who has been the most interested in actually coming on board in Zimbabwean investment? In terms of the, in terms of where they're coming from, yes. Well, it's it's both domestic and international investors, uh, investors from South Africa, uh, from uh, Europe, uh, from China, uh, and from the U.S. So we've dealt with investors from across the spectrum. Obviously, as I said, mining has been the most active. Uh, and uh, it ranges from small-scale mining, guys who are just going to have got some basic equipment and they're involved in, uh, in, in open-cast mining, to guys who are going into uh, small-scale mining, but you know, with uh, some significant uh, equipment and some of them you know, doing uh, you know, activities that are you know, employed between you know, 30 and 100 people. Uh, and, and, you know, large-scale uh, operations. And again, like I said, it involves both foreign and domestic investors. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the interest is growing. Right. So in, in your work, uh, Mr. Manazzi, I know that you, you mentioned a number of these um, investors that are coming in. What really are you selling investors about Zimbabwe? What are some of the uh, competitive advantages about Zimbabwe that you're actually pushing to investors? So, uh, uh, um, Mona Lisa, they, 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 um, there are different kinds of investors. 
So when we're looking at uh, resource-seeking investors, uh, you know, we are the second biggest repository of uh, platinum. So if you want to have a platinum play, you come to Zimbabwe or you go to South Africa. Uh, we've got very large uh, iron ore deposits, as you are, would be aware. Uh, the price of iron ore has recently significantly bumped up. And what it means is that we have uh, uh, you know, seen quite a lot of interest. It's common causes in the public domain that uh, there's a uh, you know, large Chinese uh, Fortune 500 company that is, uh, you know, has already started uh, a mining activity uh, south of uh, Harare uh, at the um, uh, a deposit, which is called the Manise deposit, uh, which is, uh, you know, this company is going to build a, a steel, uh, a carbon steel plant uh, to produce about 1.5 million tons of steel. Uh, so you can imagine that is uh, perhaps one of the largest uh, uh, investors that we have seen in this country in a long time. Um, and so the, um, the interest is very varied. We've got uh, some South Africans looking into the gold mining sector. They've already started their activities. Uh, and uh, yeah. so, so it, is, it is really uh, interest is coming from all angles. And of course, domestic investors are also quite, quite, uh, quite significant, uh, both expansion uh, and, and virgin uh, investments. Uh, and also new areas like uh, medicinal cannabis, uh, we've licensed uh, over 15 uh, uh, new investors in that space. And government uh, agreed to be very proactive um, with that sector by in offering them some very significant uh, incentives. Uh, and in addition, government has also seen that, uh, you know, for the first time, that, you know, new investors need to be given significant uh, opportunities, particularly if they create, you know, significant employment and uh, exports, because you assume that in the early stages, uh, investors would, would be, you know, would not be making much profits. And therefore, government has come up with a new or incremental investment policy, which is very supportive of, uh, of, 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 of capital. Speaking of policies, Mr. Mnazi, obviously, you want to give your investors value for their money. But at the same time, you want to strike the balance between actually having this investment benefit Zimbabwe. We have been hearing reports about um, foreign nationals that come in as investors and they're externalizing money. And I know that this does not, to a greater extent, benefit Zimbabwe. So what sort of policies are there to, to strike this balance to make sure that, okay, the investor is getting value of their money, but Zimbabwe as a country is also benefiting from this investment. Yeah, Mona Lisa, I'm one of the few people who think that the, the talk of an ex externalization is always exaggerated. Uh, because if you are an investor, a genuine investor, some of, the, some of the ones that we can speak about and the ones that I can speak on behalf of are investors that come through the front door, we license them, we examine their investment, their proposition. Uh, we, you know, we interrogate uh, their investment ideas. Uh, before we license them, you want to come into this country to invest how much? What are you going to, you know, what, are you, what employment are you going to generate? Are you going to generate exports? 
Where are you, is your uh, facility going to be located? Is this an area that is going to be, uh, which is going to benefit our people? Uh, and most of those investors, uh, Mona Lisa, uh, yes, there may be cases here and there of, uh, you know, them taking uh, money. But you must always remember that in general, no company can externalize turnover. You can only externalize profits because if you externalize turnover, you soon go out of business. So I, I, I think that as a country, we must be vigilant. We must, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, get investors account for the money they're bringing into the country and the one that they can take out. But I so think are, you, are you making them account for their money then? I, I, is that yeah. your role as well? I, I, absolutely, absolutely. So what, what we do is that, so we have a team uh, operating in those three buckets that I mentioned, PPP, uh, special economic zones, and uh, general investments. So the general investments team analyze your investment. When you're walking and you say you want to set up a mine, uh, where do you want to set up the mine? Have you been granted the claim, you know, the, the claims by uh, the Minister of Mines? Uh, what are you going to, how much are you spending? Because, you know, we, we've, got, we've got a general idea that, what, how much a mine should cost, okay? Uh, and where is the mine going to be located? What are you going to, what are the benefits to Zimbabwe? We look at employment, we look at the export generation, we look at import substitution, we look at uh, the production base, we look at all those things before I sign off to say you, we, you've been licensed by ZEDA. So there is, a, there is an element of some legacy issues that, um, that were there. So we also, uh, these, these investors also come to renew their licenses. And as a matter of process, before we renew a license, we send our team on the ground to check how much did you say you were going to invest? How much have you actually invested? Because we can verify how much they've invested through the Zimra uh, you know, bill of entry, right? And if there's a delta between what they promised and what they've achieved, we want them to account for the delta. Sometimes it's a genuine, uh, you know, um, a variance. Maybe some, some will say, we were implementing a project in 2020 or 2019 and then COVID hit. And therefore there was a slowdown in, the, in their value chain and what, what, what. Uh, we, we, we examine all those, all, all those issues. So what happens is that if, for example, uh, when my team brings me these recommendations, we recommend the renewal of a license and there's a delta between what they promised and what they delivered, I then want to know, uh, you know, what accounted for the delta and when is the delta going to be closed? And if it's not been close to my satisfaction, we are not licensing that, 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 that investor, which means that in some cases we have to say, okay, we don't think that you are a genuine invest, investor. Therefore, we are reporting to immigration so that you should uh, you know, find your way back to your country. But right. you know, in a rare cases, I'm not saying that it's, it's done perfectly. I'm also you know, training my staff and so forth, but definitely, uh, one of the things that I want to, uh, what will happen during my watch is that if we say we approve investments worth $2 billion, we want to make sure that that $2 billion is real. If it's not real, we must then an, an account for the, for the difference. If the difference is something that is reasonable, it's fine. 
but then it means that all the other promises, employment, creation, exports, and so forth, must also be accounted for. Speaking of relicensing, Mr. Manansi, do you also factor in issues around conditions of employment? We have also been hearing reports about uh, Chinese investors that come in and uh, abuse workers. Is this something that you also look into? No, uh, Mona Lisa, that is not our role. The role of the Minister of Labor. And every uh, person, every citizen has got a right to be employed under uh, the country's labor laws. So that is not acceptable, definitely. But the enforcement of that is outside our control. What we can do, which we have done, is to say we are not seeing the, the, the jobs that you promised and therefore we would like, we would then report uh, that particular uh, you know, company to the, to the responsible authorities. Just like what we do with immigration, uh, with Zimra. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I call for information. I've seen some documents and some renewal requests, which I think are a bit suspicious uh, in, in one form or the other. And then I, then I you know, call my staff and I say to them, you know, have you investigated this? Go, go and investigate, establish the facts. But in general, we don't, we take all our investors to be bona fide uh, investors who genuinely came into this country or are in this country to, 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 to run their business in their businesses in terms of the country's laws. If they don't, we, we, we have an obligation to report them to the responsible authority. Absolutely. I think it's important that as a country also protect our own when, when this is, is happening. Now, uh, speaking of protecting our own, uh, Mr. Mnazi, how, uh, how is Zida striking the balance between local and foreign investment? Because it would appear that the mantra that we're running with, Zimbabwe is open for business, would simply apply to foreign investors. How much effort is Zida putting towards uh, actually getting domestic investors on board as well? A lot of effort, because also remember that we are coming from an environment in which we were not necessarily the, uh, the, 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 the most loved uh, and, uh, you know, by the international community. So we, we encourage our domestic investors to take the lead in that process uh, because, you know, um, that's, it. That's exactly what has happened elsewhere. Companies, countries which had huge amounts of savings are were able to deploy those savings to expand their domestic economies. Unfortunately for us, that our level of savings are too low or we're too low. Uh, and therefore, we, we're going to have to rely to a greater extent on foreign, uh, on foreign investment. Also, uh, whereas in the past, uh, our own domestic uh, you know, banks or banks operating in Zimbabwe would have had access to medium and long-term funding uh, through lines of credit. But this is uh, you know, a rarity in, in, in this day and age because of uh, the, uh, the issues to do with uh, where Zimbabwe is coming from. So we have to accept that in the short term, maybe foreign investors will be more active than domestic investors because the domestic market simply has no long-term capital. But how do you um, ensure equal 
distribution of opportunities among those capable local investors because we keep hearing um, about uh, cartels, we keep hearing about corruption in terms of investment, local investment in the country. So how do you ensure that there is that equal distribution of investment opportunities? Definitely. There is no question that certainly under my watch, uh, there is no possibility that we can be accused of uh, favoring either this cartel or this foreign investor. No. In fact, the, the, the ZIDA Act, if you ever have a chance to read it, uh, is very clear that we should not discriminate among investors for whatever reason, whether they're domestic or foreign. Uh, you know, black or white, you know, we are not, the, the, the law does not allow us to discriminate among investors. So, I mean, you know, like I said before, I would love to uh, give opportunities to, to, to my compatriots, domestic investors, whether they're corporate or personal, uh, you know, because there are huge opportunities that, uh, you know, can easily be be, be uh, farmed and, um, uh, you know, benefit domestic investors. I mean, look at tourism. Uh, some of the more remote areas, we are looking now at places like Benga, where, you know, uh, there is a, you know, there are beaches there, which uh, just are not being exploited to the best advantage. Look at Kanyamba. We are looking now at how we can promote uh, a, 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 a good road, to use that Kanyamba route, which will cut over 600 kilometers uh, to destinations like DRC and Tanzania. So these are, these are opportunities, I think also you have seen, not through ZIDA, but you have seen through government policy that the, the bike bridge Arare Road is now almost uh, going to be completed before the end of next year uh, from entirely domestic uh, contractors and it's happening elsewhere across the country. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's my understanding is that, you know, definitely government policy and certainly ours, we would like to see many uh, domestic investors. But, you know, some people come to me, uh, Mona Lisa, to say, oh, you know, what opportunities do you know, exist? Uh, where, where should I put my money? Um, right. The opportunities are plenty. Our job is not... To, to, to help you to be an entrepreneur. We will assess, we'll promote existing investment opportunities. We will assess your investments. We will assist you to make them work if there are any challenges to do with maybe some of the regula re regulators or government entities. But we are not entrepreneurs. That's not our job. We, 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 we judge, examine your investment proposals and uh, interrogate them for for soundness, benefit to the country uh, and their long-term impact. So, you know, th that's our job, but we, we are not going to be an entrepreneur on, on your behalf. Right. And um, do you act independently as Zida? Do you sometimes have undue influence on how you decide who gets to invest in what areas? How independent are you as Zida? 100%, unless there is a pronounced government policy on, you know, in a specific area, you know that government has said, for example, that in the diamond and platinum 
sectors, they would decide who and what sort of level of investments. Otherwise, everywhere else, it's free for all. I mean, we don't, uh, the only time we have to consult with the government system is when we are dealing with uh, PPPs because it is government giving an investor an opportunity to provide a service that government would otherwise provide. So, you know, tolling the roads, uh, you know, creating, uh, building uh, prepaid meters uh, with, a, with an investor on a BOT basis, uh, utilities, I mean, electricity, uh, IPPs, uh, and so on and so forth. So those areas are very clearly government and there are procedures on how those are to be treated. They are treated in a very transparent way. So we as ZIDA assess them, we take them to a committee of uh, permanent secretaries uh, where I'm a member and we debate and uh, deliberate on them as to whether they are good or not good for the country. And then we recommend them to cabinet. And I think so far, all our recommendations have been supported by cabinet. And so we continue to do things that way. So there is, there is no need for any, and you know, uh, Mona Lisa, I keep telling people, some people come to us and say, oh no, but you know, we are stuck with this regulator or with this particular person. And we always say to them, but you should come to us. Your one-stop center. Yes. Don't go anywhere. Don't be charged, commissioned by anybody. Uh, you know, going to the president doesn't mean your project is going to happen. Because the president will still say, you know, go to Zida. And we will have to subject that uh, project to, 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 to our normal procedures of, uh, of, of, of evaluation. So there's absolutely, absolutely no need for anybody to, to use any other route. This is a well-established route, which is straightforward, which is clean and transparent. Right. This is Business Unusual. I'm Annalisa Dube. This evening, we're having a conversation with the Chief Executive Officer of the Zimbabwe Investment Development Agency, Douglas Munasi, and we're talking about all things investment in Zimbabwe. Now, Mr. Munatsi, I know that earlier on in the program, we spoke about some of the major successes that you've had in Zida, and you highlighted that uh, you have been in existence for a year and you have been able to achieve so much and get in a drop in investors. What have been, however, some of the negatives about Zimbabwe that have made it difficult for you to maybe get in some other investors that you might want to uh, rock in as well? Okay. Um, the, one of the biggest challenges is that uh, we are competing for capital with everybody else. So if you go to the ease of doing business ranking of the World Bank, we are ranked 140. Uh, and we were, I think, in the high 70s and 80s before. So we've made progress. But our, the ease of doing business is not, is, is not where we would like it to be. Okay. Why? Why? Well, it's, 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 it's a process that you have to achieve over a period of time. So, I mean, I've already indicated to you that since 2017, 
we've moved from about, from about 180 something to 140. That's a big, big ask. But if you compare us to our neighbors in the region, we are, we are the second worst or the third worst. So we got a lot of uh, heavy lifting to do. So what, what does that entail? It, it entails us being able to compete the best rated uh, investment promotion agency in the world, or rather the environment which has got the best of uh, ease of doing business is Singapore. And in Africa, the best is Mauritius, followed by Rwanda, I, I believe, and, and, and then uh, Botswana. So uh, it, it means that we need to address those things that drag us down, okay? So, so we, we, we look, we're looking at uh, how we handle a company that wants to start a business. So a foreign company or domestic company says, I want to set up an ethanol plant or a plant to, to uh, extract uh, soy oil or something. Uh, the, from the process you register a company to running a company to, to, to after uh, you know, the remittances and things like that, all those things are part of the uh, evaluation of the ease of doing business. So we made a lot of improvements, but one of the biggest challenges that we have, uh, which by the way, uh, COVID has kind of helped us to, to uh, it has given us the impetus, uh, the forced impetus of really improving on the, you know, in, in that space. And that is, that is that our, our, our systems and government are very manual, okay? So because mm -hmm. they are in manual, you, 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 you cannot, a, an investor cannot log on to a website, for example, and you know, apply for a company registration, be able to do that easily, be able to get their work permit and so on and so on and so forth. So these are some of the things that we are addressing. So there's a big effort. And since we, took, since we uh, were set up uh, for the first time uh, next week on the 1st of September, uh, the responsibility of ensuring that the ease of, uh, of doing business is uh, we accelerate our, our efforts to improve it will be rested with Zida. We are going to be the foot soldiers on the ground to really address this issue. And of course, when we do address the issue, some of the issues that, you, that, that frustrate us uh, you know, come into, you know, will, will be a thing of the past. So investors complain about um, spending three to seven days at, uh, at Byte Bridge. Uh, you know, if you go to Zimla, they will give you their, a, a thousand one reasons and so on and so forth. So how are we addressing that? Government is, 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 is authorized the upgrading and modernization of Byte Bridge, the busiest port on the, on the continent. And in the next, uh, in the next uh, I would say in the next uh, 24 to 36 months, that will be uh, that will have been addressed, uh, and also within the context of all the other, is a push by central government to automate and to digitize all those processes. So, as you can imagine, because some of the issues are critical for purposes of uh, records, uh, integrity of records, integrity of numbers, and so forth, it requires that they be very systematic. But I'm convinced that in the next 36 months, we will be in a very, very different space. And that is, then means that we would uh, be able 
Um, and our, our ambition is that certainly by 2025, which is the, the period of NDS-1, the government blueprint of transforming this economy to become an upper middle, uh, upper middle income economy, we will have improved our ranking to below 100. And of we have course- also, We have also, Mr. Nuts, before you go on, we have also um, heard about concerns from investors, the issue to do with policy inconsistencies. Is it something you have uh, come across? Uh, is it something you have powers to do anything about? Yes, uh, for sure. I mean, investors have complained to us about that as well. But mostly, it is really to do with issues uh, around and uh, maybe to a lesser extent uh, uh, indigenization rules. Because remember that the minister uh, uh, in, a, in the Finance Act uh, published something that he said, no, he will have that you know, repealed. And the, the minister is committed to having that repealed. So, in essence, we are addressing all these issues. Uh, but again, the issue of currency is going to be a process. Okay. Uh, you know, we were, we are in a much better space to where we were 18 months, uh, 12 months ago. We are also, uh, uh, you know, lucky that we've got this uh, SDR allocation, which is going to give us much better capacity to support our balance of payments position. And I hopefully we are going to now start building reserves to, to position ourselves to be a three, six, uh, 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 you know, three to six months uh, import cover uh, country, which we have not done in a long time without lines of credit. So well, we, we are on the right track. Yes, it is true that investors do complain, but I also have to tell you that investors in some cases are also government has gone out of its way to give further assurances. For example, in the medicinal cannabis space, government even agreed that besides the ZEDA license and the constitution of Zimbabwe, government is willing to sign what we call the investment and stability agreement, which gives the medicinal cannabis uh, investors added advantages to, to protect them against expropriation, to protect them, you know, to, to allow them to retain their exports for an agreed period of time, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so forth. So it is, it is a journey, but I think uh, we are making good progress. And obviously, a journey is not a sprint. A journey is going to be a marathon. And in a marathon, if you ever run one, you know you've got to pace yourself. If you, if you, uh, if you overrun you may not finish the marathon. So that's, so, that's, the, that's the reality. So while you're on this journey as did Mr. Mnazi, how are you addressing the issue to do with corruption? Because I, if you look at um, some statistics about Zimbabwe, let's look at the Transparent International, for instance. Zimbabwe is ranked, I think, 157 out of 180 countries as one of the most corrupt countries. And obviously this can be a drawback in getting someone interested in bringing their investment here. Well, you know what? Some of these uh, publications are just meant to raise money for, for, for the NGOs. There is, I mean, I, I can- So I, there isn't, you're saying the statistics are not correct about corruption in the uh, country? I mean, look, <laughs> 
I, I'm willing to, if, if you do an objective evaluation of uh, what has happened since the new uh, dispensation, there are, you know, cases that have not been acceptable to all of us as citizens. Uh, but, you know, these cases are, are, are being dealt with. But, you know, like everything else, corruption needs to be avoided rather than for you to deal with it. Uh, you know, so, and, and the process of doing that, the process of exorcising the system from the toxicity that existed before is also a process. You've got to, you've got new people, you've got to have uh, new procedures, you've got to continuously improve procedures so that you, you close the loopholes. And no country in this world, in, including the most advanced democracies, have not gone through what we're going through. So you can but investors use this uh, ranking, right, Mr. Nazi, despite um, maybe your opinion of them, investors do use these rankings as a reference, right? True, true. But I'm saying to you that uh, you never use one instrument to measure, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, performance and, 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 and progress. So I would say to you, uh, look at the World Bank, Look at UNDP, look at the IMF, look at all these other highly credible institutions that, will co- that are converging uh, on the narrative that Zimbabwe is improving, Zimbabwe is making progress, there's still a lot to be done, but for the first time, all these uh, institutions, AFDB, are, are saying Zimbabwe is making progress. And remember that also that uh, the only issue that I believe as a banker is a, is a big challenge is the fact that whereas a country like Malawi, which exports less than a billion dollars, uh, does not have exchange control issues because they've got lines of credit. In our case, as Zimbabwe, we have got this challenge that whereas past, that gap would have been closed by lines of credit, because historically, anyway, Mona Lisa, our, 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 the, the, the foreign exchange uh, behavior is seasonal. Between November and April, before the tobacco auction floors open, that is our trough. Since independence, even before independence, in what used to close that gap were lines of credit. We would access lines of credit to pre-finance tobacco. We would find access lines of credit to support uh, the Christmas uh, you know, buying. We would you know, access lines of credit to, 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 to support other balance of payments issues. We don't have that capacity now. At, you know, that's why I say to you, uh, part of the SDR program must be used by the government to start building reserves because a country with no reserves uh, leaves its currency very vulnerable. Right. And I think the Minister of Finance actually recently did say that he will be using some of those funds towards rebuilding reserves. So I guess that addresses some of your concerns there. Now, yes. um, Mr. Nazi, you are a renowned banker yourself. Um, you worked for a regional banking group where, uh, you were th- where you were there. And how is it different being in, in the private sector and now that you are heading a government agency? Is there any difference? Oh, definitely. Oh, by the way, I, I, I didn't just run the bank. I, I started it. So I, I, uh, I can uh, humbly say that 
the experience out there is very different from when you're in government because government requires you to make sure that you have got all stakeholders on board. Government belongs to its people. Whereas in uh, in a in a private sector environment, you be you know your main uh, your main uh, party, the party that please are your shareholders. Of course, we de- we broadly define that as stakeholders, but um, their demands are, are are slightly narrower. You just need to deliver value, and uh, you know they'll be happy. But in the ca- you know in the case of government, you 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 need to also be very sensitive to what the government is trying to do. So um, it is easy for a private uh, company to make a decision because the numbers make sense. But some numbers, even if they make sense for state project, it, they might not make sense for, 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 for individuals. I, uh, what I'm trying to say is that I can say, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna build a dam and I'll sell water uh, to, um, to people in Chitugiza or wherever. Uh, but that water might be uh, not be affordable. So the government needs to think about all those things. And part of our creativity as ZIDA is to see how to make some of those things work, to make things that seemingly are impossible to, 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 uh, to happen. But hopefully what we are bringing in a public institution is the work ethic, is the creativity, is the thinking outside the box and stuff like that. Are there issues that are within government that you think can be done better to make your work more efficient or if there are any uh, stumbling blocks that you think could be eliminated to make your work more efficient i think for now let's get the basics right let's digitize government uh let's 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 digitize government and limit human intervention because where there's human intervention where you mona lisa will use the discretion to say oh no 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 I'm going to give you the chance to jump the, the, the queue uh, because I know you. You see, that's, that's where you start getting things wrong. So we right. hopefully in the next three to five years under NDS1, we will end up with a system which will have minimum human intervention, no, you know, no room for corruption and things like that. Then I think we will have really significantly improved because... We are not, in some cases, we are not offering an investor or uh, 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 we are not basics. And that is a problem. Right. Um, as we wrap up the conversation, Mr. Manazzi, uh, there is the Rwanda's Barbwood Trade and Investment Conference that is scheduled for next month in Kigali. Uh, what are your expectations from, from this conference? Well, you know, um, it's, it's being driven by uh, Zim Trade. Which we support what they are, what they are aiming to, to achieve. Uh, but as you know, we, we both we, we have got different mandates. They are their mandate is on the trading side, ours is investment. Uh, so we are supporting what they're doing, but really our our our, our aim is more to, to work with uh, RDB in Kigali, uh, in Rwanda. The Rwanda and, Development Board, which yes. I think you and, were modeled and, after. Indeed, so that uh, what the president said to me, or in the what he said about Azida, uh, when we were, when we launched, was uh, we 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 are learning. We are not ashamed to learn from Rwanda, even if it's a smaller country uh, in many respects. But we are not ashamed to learn to Rwanda because they've demonstrated uh, ability to run a world class institution, uh, and. Um, 
hopefully one day soon or sometime in the future, the student can teach the teacher. So we are learners. As you know, we signed a, an agreement with the Singapore uh, you know, Enterprise uh, Corporation, which also is gonna give us access to the learnings of Singapore. And we, we, we're learning from any, everybody. Absolutely. On that note, Mr. Douglas Munazi, the Chief Executive Officer for the Zimbabwe Investment Development Agency, appreciate your time here on Business Unusual. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it and all the best. And that's all we have time for this evening on Business Unusual. I am Mona Lisa Dube. Have a pleasant evening. Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Thank you.